Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sundays You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. What a load of toss. <laughs> I can't stand it. I can't stand Disney. I've got no part of my being wants to see the Little Mermaid. But Nick did say something very funny to me Shut yesterday. Up. No, no. She said, oh, I really want to see the Little Mermaid tomorrow night. I said, no, you don't want to see that. I said, Children. She says, I love Ali Berry. She was fantastic in Bond. And... She looks amazing for 56. Amazing. <laughs> She's so young. So I had to tell her that it's not Halle Berry, it's Halle Bailey, who is a mere fetus compared to Halle Berry. Well, I did think she'd had a lot of work done, I've got to be honest. Yeah, but you kept saying she's really good for her age. Perhaps it's all the salt water. Amazing. Amazing for her age. I thought I thought you were actually lying when you said it was someone else or wrong. I said it's a completely different person. I, I didn't trust you. I thought it was, I thought you were Well, we're going to talk on. about racism because there's been lots of accusations of is casting... Halle Bailey as the Little Mermaid. It's not racist, is it? Because they've cast her, but lots of white supremacists don't like it. The reaction has been... I think there's been some racist reactions to it. I think... A lot, I mean, I've been sort of reading a lot of the comments that have been left that have been supposedly racist. And a lot of the thing I'm getting is I don't think people like change. They're so attached to I the original. I don't like change. No, but they're really attached to the, to the original film and it's kind of like, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. This is how it is. And we don't like change. I'm not so sure that it's about her being black. It's it's like the Little Mermaid must have red hair. And this is the film. This is the way we do it. And Caitlin Moran wrote a piece for The Times. The header is, why can't a mermaid be black? Well, of course they can be black. They can be any bloody colour. It's a mermaid. It's a bloody Disney film. It's not real. She doesn't exist. She could be blue. She could be green and any colour in between. It's it's Disney. No one was worried about Shrek being green. But I think Caitlin is saying, or Catelyn, whatever her name is, it isn't Caitlin even Catelyn. a real name. I'm going to change my name, actually. I want to be called... October. October. Because that's not her real name. See, I quite like Autumn. Like India Knight's name isn't India. You've got a beagle on your lap. I'm going to be now Autumn Jones. <laughs> well, she, 
she says, if Disney were now to revert to Anderson's version, Under the Sea would be sung as a polka by a small brown crab and you'd see F all, as the sea in Copenhagen is full of silt. Also, the Little Mermaid would be so cold she'd be in a wetsuit. Again, I'm up for this, but I suspect people who think they're up for it wouldn't be. But Kathleen isn't being racist, is she? No, no, she's not at saying all. the mermaid can be black. Yes, of course, of course, like of course, yes. Yeah, but is. people who want the mermaid to have red hair aren't being racist. It's just not everyone in the world can be black. No, I mean I don't see what the issue is. She's what colour she is is irrelevant. The relevance is the story about a mermaid that wants to be human. That's the only relevant factor as far as I'm concerned. And it's it's been blown up and made a big issue of. Surely the issue is, is the film any good or is it not? But maybe they should have cast Halle Berry to have a 56-year-old mermaid who went very wrinkly in the sea. You know you go wrinkly when you're in the sea too much. Yes, I do. <laughs> but you've been a mermaid, haven't you? Yes, I had to be a mermaid. I drove to Mill Hill... And they put me in a Mill Hill school swimming pool in a mono tail. And I nearly drowned. Every time I'm in the water, people have to attract me with a piece of string because I almost drowned. They could just tow you along. So I remember when it was 2012 in the Olympics, the male said, I know what we'll do. We'll send Liz to wear the British Olympic swimming costume. And it took four people to get me into it because it was all streamlined. And my fat kept coming out of the bits at the end. You have no fat. But it still kept coming out the bits oh my at God, the end. Can you imagine what it would do to me? It'd be like, I'm not an Olympic swimmer. It'd be like dough. So I had to be a mermaid for you magazine because there's this trend of women being mermaids and they think it's empowering and they can't walk. We've, we've got lots of pictures to prove it, haven't we? I'll, I'll dig out a picture and put it on Twitter. And I think I this weed in the pool as well because it was such a long drive. Let's hope for lots of chlorine. <laughs> well, I'm not in a very good mood. I'll put you in a better mood. I've got some suggestions. You know, you were talking about the podcast the other week. And all and these about, people having chat shows and tours. Yes. Well, I've got some suggestions. I've been brainstorming. Come how on, we, man. Well, first, How do we monetize this? How do we monetize us? Right. Are you ready for this? Number one, I think this morning might be looking for some new presenters. Voila! I'd be quite good at this morning, I think. Would be great. I'm warm and fluffy. Your investigative journalist going to get it all out of them. I've got the sort of Susanna Reid vibe. Yeah, and I, I, I'm more, I'm more like a short, fat, Alison ugly. Hammond. I was going to say Holly, short, fat, ugly. Alison Hammond. But I, yeah, I think I'm more Alison Hammond. I think we'd be great. So I think ITV should take this. And I haven't had any affairs with younger men while I was married. Well, I've never been married. I've had plenty of affairs with younger men, but but as a singleton. So I think we'd be great. So that's number one. I think that we're, they're missing out if they don't take us. Number two, we make an album. We are... Whitney Christmas. and Elaine Page. Christmas. Yeah. Or Beyonce and Madonna. Do you know what I mean? We could do like the duets album. I still haven't been asked to review the first Madonna show. Haven't you? No. That's evil. But we need two tickets. Not one, two tickets. What's the third idea? The third idea is a YouTube channel. Because on YouTube now, they've got all these viral dances. They've got like... 
Calm Down Dance. They've got the Wop Wop Song Dance and they've got Miley Cyrus Flowers. And everybody's posting these dances. So I thought we could do a podcast version because we could sing and dance. YouTube, don't look at me, Brad. YouTube is a way to make money nowadays. What about TikTok? Any of it. Any of it. We need we need social media things. And the last thing is... No, that was the last thing. That was the last thing. That's all I've got. Three ideas. That's three, yeah, but they're three good ideas. ideas. I'm sorry. People are going to pay to watch you do, like, the flowers dance and calm down and what wop dance. People are going to pay for that. And who's not going to pay to hear us sing? But I could do all the single ladies dance because I've you rehearsed do. that. You've done that. You've done uh, that. Uh, oh, oh, is that the different yeah. song? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> this is no. This is this is fabulous. And next year, if we take these ideas next year, we're going to be millionaires. Well, I'm not very happy. Go on. Why are you not happy? Have I not just cheered you up? No. Oh, well, go on then. Why are you not happy? Oh, I know why you're not happy. Because Ooh. there was yet another piece in the Telegraph about loneliness, and apparently loneliness is as bad for you as smoking. I don't think that's true, actually. Where do they come up with these figures? How do they possibly How do they test that? It? How would they possibly do it? I don't know. They send someone to live in the Yorkshire Dales on their own for 30 years, and they send someone to chain smoke for 30 years. How could they possibly quantify <laughs> it? And what if anyway, both? it was written if that is the correct word, by my ex-husband. Again. He is the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? He doesn't learn his lesson. Anyway, the two things that we take away from his piece is that being married to me was hellish (laughs) and that I was much older than him. Because obviously that's a new thing. He's never said that before. So I... Was quite angry in first my first port of call when I'm angry is to call Nicola. I said, Nicola, I'm really angry. I'm fuming. I'm yeah, fuming. I got the I'm link fuming. sent, didn't I? I'm fuming. And then I said, I can't help it. I've tweeted. I've tweeted. She couldn't control herself. I tweeted. So I tweeted, why in this day and age are men still writing about how old women are? And why are they still jealous of our award winning careers? And why is he blaming you? He married you. He knew how old you were. He knew I was an award-winning editor of a magazine and he knew how old I was when I told him. Well, eventually. The reason he's lonely still is because he's a cheat and a liar and a serial shagger. That's why he's lonely. It's a bit contradictory, isn't it? Because I'm trying to work out why he's lonely when he just seemed to shag his way around your marriage and not with you. So why is he lonely? Because clearly he doesn't have a problem spreading it around. Maybe he does now. But maybe women are wise to him now. Maybe. Well, you, you've kind of exposed all his tricks, haven't you? <laughs> but if you don't want to be married to someone, it's like I was saying to you just now, if if you're just going to leave a horse in a field for two weeks with a rug on and you don't check them, you yeah. don't like them and you shout at them, why get a horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't want to be married to someone who's award-winning and fabulous, don't marry them. No, but you did get some responses to your tweets. I did get some tweets back. You did. Now, you haven't looked at them, have you? No, because I don't want to go into an abyss. Well, we've got quite... We've got Julia, who says, looking at his picture, you're not missing anything. I don't think he's aged very well, has he? He's not... I have. You've aged very well, but I don't think he's not aged very well. I look exactly the same as when I was five. Five? 
Yeah, look at the cover of my book. I I'm think, exactly the same. No, I actually think... No, you're a bit grumpy on the cover of your book. I actually think you've aged like you're better looking... You're like a lot of women. You've, you're better looking now than when you were younger. You didn't know me when I was younger. Well, I've seen lots of pictures. They're all over the bleeding magazine, isn't they? I've seen lots. Anyway, Diane says, He's a miserable so-and-so. You don't need people like that in your life. An ill-timed article when you've lost your beloved Gracie. That's true. Yeah. Don't have a go at me when I've just lost Gracie. Don't say I'm hellish when I've just lost Gracie. Rachel says, You've dodged a bullet there. Go, Rachel. Go, Rachel. We like that one. And we also have, when will this man stop whining? One would think you had chained him in a basement for years. Yeah. He's aged like milk, didn't he? I like that one. <laughs> He's a bit curdled. And then finally we've got, what a twat. Just ignore him, Liz. Sage advice. But I've looked deep into my heart and I couldn't have been nicer to him. Every single day. But isn't it sad he has to keep dragging you up? Has he, has he not got much material that he has to keep dragging you up? And he says he hasn't had a girlfriend in five years. So maybe he's having a bit of a rest after all his antics while you were married. It did upset me, though. I just, I think, I think to be in the media... I mean, I know that Philip and Holly are in the media and we're going to talk about Holly in a little bit. But I think to be in the public eyes these days, you need an absolute skin of a rhinoceros. Yeah. Because well, it is very hurtful. It is very hurtful. And there's so many avenues, isn't it? I mean, like many years ago, it would just be if a piece was published and it was in the paper, but now it's online. It's shared thousands of times on social media people can write in the comments and have their opinions in the comments you're literally attacked now on so many levels not just a paper with one article that maybe only a select amount of people would say it's a completely different issue now isn't it i think people would should think very very hard about being in the public eye and you know um Alec Baldwin, who shot someone by mistake, he now says, I don't want to be a public person anymore no. because it's hell. Yeah. You know, and it is hell. You know, I, I remember yeah. I interviewed Tara Palmer Tompkinson, who's very sadly died. She was a lovely person. And she said to me, Liz, I wake up every day and I think, what have I done now? People text me, I think. Yeah. She couldn't stand it. She couldn't stand that pressure. And I think yeah. when you're in the public eye, you're judged all the time. You're either the darling. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about Holly, but with Holly, you're either the darling and, 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 and Philip Schofield. You can do no wrong. Everybody says how wonderful you are. And it takes one thing. It can be anything. And we've seen it time and time again when all of a sudden you're vilified and everybody piles in. It's not just a select few. Everybody piles in. And it becomes really toxic. And it's like... Everyone's celebrating when someone's lost a job. Yeah. And they think, well, he earns loads of money or she earns loads of money. Da, 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 da. But what people need to realise, you don't need to realise it, actually. You can just completely ignore me. But my experience is the more money you earn, the more it costs you. It's like when I interviewed Megan Trainer. She says, suddenly, I've got an agent. Yeah. I've got an assistant. I've got a manager. Yeah. I've got a tour manager. I have to give this tax accountant. 
it all goes because yeah. you're supporting this huge network of people. Yeah. And I think there's a big thing, isn't it? Be careful what you wish for. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have sung into the mirror with the airbrush, wishing that they were the next Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey. I certainly did. But actually, if you look at now, and I think being a star now and being a public figure look now at, is very um, different. Your favourite, the little ginger man. Ed Sheeran. He's been in court so many times, hasn't yeah. he, over alleged plagiarism, which he won. Yeah, but it's obviously yeah. been stressful for him, yeah, yeah, yeah. cost him money. Yeah. Um, it's just not worth it. I think it's a whole different kettle of fish to being Elizabeth Taylor in her prime and being that sort of star. She was now. very protected. Yeah. To now, it's a completely different issue. And honestly, I think anyone that wants to be famous or get in the industry... Yeah, the money's nice and, and, and doing what you love is nice, but my God, you pay for it. You do pay for it. And I think it's the the, the, the people that keep themselves very private that do best, that, that don't struggle with, with this toxicity in the and, industry. You know, the general public, they look at you and they think, oh, she have, must, must have lots of money, he must have lots of money. And even my psychiatrist said to me, well, you've got a big digital footprint, why are you struggling? Yeah, even yeah. your psychiatrist thinks you've got money. Yeah. But they don't understand all the people you're supporting. No. My accountant, my assistant, employers, national insurance, managers, tour managers, they all take money from you. And, and that puts you under an enormous amount of stress, isn't it? Because if you're a person and you lose your job that's bad enough you've got your mortgage to worry about you've got your kids to feed or whatever but if you're a person that loses their job and then five other people lose their job or 10 people no it's horrific and i think this this compromise on your private life i mean if we do look at philip schofield secrets will come out you cannot keep anything secret forever you can't do it and at some point secrets will come out and it will roll like a ball and it will gather moss and it will become bigger and bigger and bigger than you which it had like it has done in this situation it's become bigger than what he's done or has not done and, and the implications of that it's become about holly and all the other people that are on there that are being questioned and itv it becomes bigger and bigger so your responsibility is not just to you and protecting your reputation and having your private life, it goes far beyond that. And we see this all the time now. Yeah. The industry's really changed, hasn't it? It's yeah. not the same. And I don't know if I want to be a part of that. There's a male, very famous male columnist at the moment who's in the news. He was in the New York Times and he's been accused of assaulting different women. And I was just thinking, well, he gave me a good review for my Prince biography once. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? If I was a middle-aged man now, yeah. I'd be trembling in my you shoes. You would. No, I mean, I've been on this morning many, many times with Holly and Phil, and Phil was always quite rude to me. Yeah. He was rude to me on screen, so I went on this morning to talk about sperm stealing. So I wrote a piece in the mail saying... I tried to steal my husband's sperm. We were married. I thought it was my right. It was my last childbearing years. But this is what women do. And he really attacked me during the program saying this is terrible. And I said, Phil, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm not saying no. do it. I'm saying young men be aware of how manipulative women can be. So he was really attacking me for that. And then another time I went on this morning, I was talking about something I'd written in the mail 
and seconds before we were live to millions of people he said that piece you wrote about holly this morning was disgusting how can you attack holly and i was gobsmacked that he would attack me seconds before i went on air yeah and the thing i'd written in the mail was about bare-faced selfies so she'd done a bare-faced selfie when she woke up in the morning and all I'd written was Holly looked amazing without makeup and I looked like a tortoise so I was actually really nice about her but Holly stuck up for me and she said Philip we're about to go on air and Liz in the mail was just doing her job yeah Holly didn't take offense to it but Philip did so he was sort of openly running to her rescue, which I thought was a bit odd because she doesn't need anyone running to her rescue. If she had a problem with it, you tell me, Holly. Yeah. You don't need Philip sticking up for you. No, no, no. So when the cameras then went live on me, my mouth was open and I'd gone red and I was really upset. And what I find is quite interesting is is Philip Schofield has been very sort of lauded, you know, he comes across as very clean, very nice and full of morality. And he... he, 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 he challenged you on your morals about sperm semen and whatever but actually it's come out now that his morality is something in question and it shows how yeah and I wasn't even saying it was a good thing to do and actually I was married to my husband therefore it's not a huge leap of faith that a 42 year old woman would perhaps want to not waste time and get pregnant no absolutely no absolutely I didn't cheat on him well that's the thing about you isn't it is unlike a lot of people and their secrets come out, no one can do that to you because you say it first yourself. You always tell the truth, whether it, whether it's going to make you popular or not, whether you're going to be criticised or not, whether it was a good idea to do it or not, whatever. You tell the truth about it and that is puts you in a position where no one can come along and say, Liz Jones has done this and it because you've already said it. No, and I, you know, I wouldn't party during covid and then stick up for lockdowns you know i just think that's absolutely which some journalists did they were partying in their garden sticking up for lockdowns and it's like the quote we had last week you're you're gonna say what is true not what people want to hear yeah yeah we talked about a lot last week and if if i did try and steal sperm and say oh yeah i've taken the pill or no i've just had my period or whatever I was actually warning young men yeah. at how manipulative women are and how devious we are. I wasn't yeah. saying it was a good thing. No, 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 not at all. So he did always make me feel quite uncomfortable on this morning. But I have to say, all the staff on this morning, the producers, the researchers, the girl who gets you coffee, the person who organises the taxi, amazing. Yeah. Couldn't be warmer, couldn't be nicer. I do love the way all the sort of the, the co-presenters are, are airing all the history. I mean, Eamon Hughes is definitely getting his five minutes of fame, isn't he? Eamon, yeah. yeah. Eamon's going for it. He's really going for it. I don't think he's ever going to forgive Philip Schofield for interrupting Ruth. I think I was on a panel show once with Eamon Holmes. I think it was a big brother's little brother or something, and he was next to me. And Ryland was going, Liz, can you hear me, Liz? And I said to Eamon Holmes, what do you do? It was a Jennifer Lawrence moment. Oops, oops. I bet he didn't like that. It was a Jennifer Lawrence moment. All these white men look the same to me, you know. Oh, God. They do. Like the other day I saw someone in the vets and I thought it was the person I knew and it was her mother. And I thought, oh, you've stopped dyeing your hair. Oh, I... so, so you can't say anything about Halle Berry then?
You can read this week's story in full in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Do you want to read this week's column or shall I read it? You read it. We're not going to be crying now, are we? No, no, we're not going to be crying because at least she comes home where she belongs. So the column begins, I'm always being backed into a corner. I am, aren't I now? You back yourself into a corner quite often. No, I don't. Case in point here, case in point. No. Carry on reading, let let the listeners decide. I invited, I invited, I invited (laughs) David, one, on a mini break to Sicily and then Gracie died and I can no longer afford to go anywhere. Then he sends me an email. Hi, I've just ordered a new holiday wardrobe, T-shirts, jumper, shorts, a suit. Oh, dear God. Couldn't he have just ironed one of his lumberjack shirts? Don't encourage the lumberjack look. Me. Where did you order it from? Him. ASOS. He should have just ignored the question. ASOS. Has he learnt nothing? ASOS. He shouldn't have told you that. ASOS. He's just giving you ammunition. Shouldn't have told you. Could you date a man who shops at ASOS? It's as bad as saying they eat a packet of warm revels for lunch. But I feel bad for getting his hopes up. Him. Do you have a flight number yet so I can book my mobility vehicle? Oh, dear God. <laughs> Come on, Florence. I'm Florence Pugh. You're Florence Pugh. Come Florence, on, Florence Pugh's got a cookery show now. I want a cookery show. She has. What are you going to cook? Well, if France can cook, I can cook. You've got three signature dishes. Then what happens? Anyway, he says, can I book my mobility vehicle when you give me the flight number? Me, I'm not absolutely concrete on dates. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Him. But if it's a big group, surely everyone has agreed on dates. Not unreasonable. What a tangled web we weave. Yes, repeatedly. I'm just going to ignore it. I think I'll say we need to meet for dinner one night beforehand as it's strange to go from me blocking him to sharing a berth on a yacht in the Mediterranean. Then we can get into an argument as we normally do. Last time it was because I said the word poached instead of coddled and Sicily will be off anyway. Problem solved. I love your idea of problem solving. Yeah, you just have an argument. Well, now he's just going to read the column, so problem solved. On Friday, I had to collect Grace's ashes from the clinic in York. I asked my friend if I could borrow her Mercedes, as she has too. As I reversed it off her drive, she started screaming, Stop! I wound the window down. You were about an inch away from a tree, she said. I told her I'm not good at reversing, but I'm okay going forward. Can we just clarify this? Not good at reversing actually means... I'm terrible. Horrendous. Horrendous. She's backed into walls. She's Even if people on. see me parking, they stand and watch and laugh. No. Don't they? You I have, get a crowd. She's actually pulled up in the middle of the road and got out and said, you park. <laughs> she's really bad. Anyway, as I drove off in her Mercedes, she went a bit pale. I once hired a, a car in Tuscany... 
and I kept driving the wrong way around roundabouts. It was before Satnav, and it took so long to find the villa that I weed on the doorstep before I could find the key. I did. I wet the doorstep. I hate it when that happens. Isn't it? I think as a scientific explanation. Yeah, but your body knows you're almost there. Yeah. You pull up on the drive, you get the key out your pocket. And then you have to go. And, and, and when you have to go at this age, you have to go. There's no stopping I it. think there's probably still a stain in Tuscany. Now they know why. So, this is me in a borrowed car going to collect my dead beloved dog. It's hard to think of a worse scenario. For the first time in 14 years... I've been able to leave the house without employing a dog sitter, Nicola. Me. As Gracie couldn't be left alone. The other collies don't chew. But I take no pleasure in that. It's weird, isn't it? Being like having the freedom because all the time it's like, where's Gracie? Where's Gracie? What's she going to chew? All the time. It's so strange. Awful. I park the Mercedes carefully and go into reception. I'm taken into a small room. They keep taking me into rooms, these vets. I never got taken into a room. There's a wooden box with Gracie Jones inscribed on the front in brass and an envelope. She hands me the envelope. Oh, Jesus, I tell the nurse, not another bill. No, 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 we took prints of her paws and her nose. I hadn't asked them to do that. Gracie hated her paws being touched. I feel she's been violated. When Lizzie, my thoroughbred horse, died, Nick had a few hairs from her tail made into a bracelet. I can't look at it, let alone wear it. You hated it, didn't you? I can't. It makes me cry. I mean, I did it because you were in Canada working when when Lizzie I was learning to be a trapeze artist with Cirque du Soleil. You was. And and so I I did that so that you had something because you couldn't be there. But actually, you found it really upsetting, didn't you? You didn't like it at all. I take the box in its carrier bag, along with her collar and her name tag, and I return to my borrowed car. I put Gracie on the back seat. She always loved being in the car. It was the only place she really relaxed. At home, if you so much as breathed or changed a channel, she would be on her paws. Where are we going? What are we doing? Where are we going? What are we doing? Oh, where are we going, mummy? What are we doing? Where are we going? What are we doing? I email my friend in Canada to let her know why I was sobbing on the last podcast. She first contacted me, having read one of my columns telling me she had survived a relationship with an addict but is managing to rebuild her career as a singer. It's weird, but three of my four best friends started out as readers. She replies, What a life you two shared, and so many memories you've put out into the world, letting us know who she was, how she was, and what made her so dear. In a world that is so often shitty and unfair, you found each other, You were true to her from beginning to end, even protecting her from a final waking that would have been upsetting for her, even if it would have given you the chance for a shared goodbye. Hang on in there. I'm rooting for you always. Isn't she lovely? She's always so lovely, isn't she? I've got so many friends from readers, you know. Yeah. Andrea. Yeah. Andrea's lovely. And beautiful. Beautiful. But she's so intelligent and witty and funny. And we always watch the same stuff and compare notes. Yeah. No, she's she's pretty perfect. Do you want to hear my moans? Let's do your moans. Go on. After Gracie died, I received one single solitary card in the post from the referral clinic. 
no one else bothered. Due to Grace's end-of-life vet bill, yet to be refunded by Pet Plan, I'm now without a car for the first time in 40 years. Anya Hindmarch. You've heard of Anya Hindmarch? I have. She does handbags. Who sent me an email beginning, Ben, your exclusive invitation. Uh-uh. I'm not Ben. Uh-uh. No. You can read this week's diary in full on Mail on Sunday's You Magazine. So, Holly. Yes. Will you be on the sofa come Monday morning? There's lots and lots and lots of calls saying she should resign. I think that's a bit unfair. I've got to be honest. I don't think that's on at all. I think this turning on Holly is is just the toxicity in the whole situation. You know, if you want to talk about the rights and wrongs of Phil, but... That starting on holiday and Dr. Range and everybody else, just, just, it's not necessary. Back off. Leave her alone. Well, I interviewed Holly in September 2010. You've done a lot with Holly, actually, haven't you? Lots with Holly. Yeah. Anyway, this is my interview with Holly from 2010. Female friendship is a strange beast. I was looking at my wedding photos the other day and there were only a couple of faces that are still in my life. I don't know how we all drifted apart. I suppose life and laziness gets in the way and also mean, horrible tweets from the woman who gave the speech at my wedding. Uh, that, that went beyond mean and horrible. That was libelous and evil. I need money. Yeah. And she needs to be sacked. Who on earth has the time, Carrie Bradshaw fashion, to meet the girls for brunch every week? So I'm envious when I spend the day with Holly Willoughby and Fern Cotton. They are so close, so in tune, so up to speed with each other's lives, that I feel like the third wheel on a bicycle. They've been best friends since they met working for BBC Children's TV 10 years ago, now, both 29, found fame at the same time. Holly is poised to become the grand dame of commercial mainstream telly. Fern is more likely to be found in a field at a festival, but they share a fearsome sense of ambition and a work ethic of the sort that can make you feel inadequate and exhausted. I wonder how they managed to find time, what with Holly presenting Dancing on Ice and This Morning and Fern doing Radio 1 for each other. Anyway, this is Holly. Fern and I have that sort of friendship where we're always so busy that when we see each other, it's great and we pick up where we left off. There's no guilt, no resentment. Firm pipes up. Because we do the same sort of job, we understand if the other one doesn't phone us back. And now, for those of us who never seem to get the work-life balance right, they've got a book, The Best Friend's Guide to Life. It seemed natural for Holly and me to do something together because we're genuinely best friends, says Fern. We're on TV together, but we're friends first and foremost. The book is full of anecdotes. They spend a lot of time drinking cocktails. That's good work if you can get in it. There's lots of drawings by Fern who loves to paint. Both started their careers young. Neither went to university. Holly Willoughby was spotted age 14 by Storm, who discovered Kate Moss, and progressed into presenting children's telly for ITV age 17. Fern was only 15 when she started out on CBBC. They haven't stopped working since. What is their proudest moment? Holly. 
landing the job on this morning. For the first eight months, I was really, really nervous. It's a big, long-running show. There were high expectations. Fern nominates her TV interview with Princes William and Harry to promote the concert for Diana in 2007. I tell her she should be most proud when she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro for comic relief. She suffered altitude sickness and fainted. I've been to Africa a few times before, she says, and you think you're going to build up an immunity to what you see, but on each trip you're facing a different emotional obstacle. I think quite a lot. When we speak, Fern and Holly are preparing for a trek to the Inca ruins of Machu Picchu in Peru in aid of breast cancer care. I warm to Holly when she tells me she hates exercise. I can't run, she says. I've started doing a little bit of toning stuff because I've had a baby. I do the tiniest thing I can do. I tell Holly I've been critical in print of the over-the-top lamb dresses mutton gowns she wears to host Dancing on Ice. Well, she says, it comes on just after Christmas and it's just a huge explosion of sequins. It's like dressing for the red carpet. I love it. I find it easier to dress like that than in jeans and a t-shirt. I'm quite a girly girl. Even on dress downs days, I like to wear a well put together outfit. Holly's mum was an air stewardess. Her father worked in double glazing. She married Dan, a TV producer, three years ago. They went on a honeymoon to the Maldives. And she leads a pretty charmed life. Giant diamond on one of her immaculate French Pollock's fingers. The perfect baby, Harry. But like most women who have made it to the top on merit, she has a core of steel beneath the glossy surface. She looks incredibly feminine in one of her own designs, a Jersey Maxi dress, but I wouldn't mess with her. She and Fern have their own lines for Very, the online department store. I thought I might not suit a Maxi, Holly says, because I'm quite bottomy, but I love it. <laughs> Neither Fern nor Holly relishes being famous. Fern finds a paparazzi really frightening. I had a lot when I was pregnant, adds Holly. You don't know this man, but he's walking around you the whole time. If he didn't have a camera in his hand, you'd call the police. It's horrible. I wonder whether their celebrity has put men off. Dan's great because he worked in ten longer than I have, says Holly. I remind them of a segment in their book that has the heading, Why do men never ask us out? Holly, I don't think it's just us. I think men have just stopped in general, or not Phil. Why is that? If you're out and about in a bar and you see a guy, it's very unusual for him to come over, says Fern. He'll just stand there and not do anything. Do you ever ask men out, I ask them. I used to ask guys out all the time, shrieks Holly. I wonder if either of them has ever interviewed someone just because they fancied them. I've done that so many times. Oh, no. I mean, I, I've got a list I want you to interview so I can go along as your little note-taker. Bruce Willis? Uh, no. Oh, Where's God, Tom yes. Rose? There have been millions, says Fern. I really fancied Dermot O'Leary. I went on Big Brother's Little Brother just because I fancied Dermot. Ask them to describe their best and worst qualities. Fern on Holly. Holly's best quality is the fact that whatever's going on in her life, whether she just had a baby or she's got a million things going on at work, she'll remain in a bubble of happiness. I think that's quite a good quality to have, don't you? That's a huge quality to have because yeah. if you can be happy and people around you see you being positive, everything's nice, isn't it? Everything's better. I like that. What was the other one? Holly hopes that in 10 years' time she'll still be on this morning sofa 
Is she still on it in 10 years' time? Oh, we're going to find out, aren't we? Come so Monday. this was 2010. She was still on it in mm. 20 years' time. No, that's 10 years' time. 30. I'm not very good at maths. Yeah, we'll 13. Sh- we'll see on Monday. Does she want more children? Well, hopefully I'll have a couple more kids. I don't think you should ever worry about when the work's going to end. I wonder if she's worrying now. It's so prophetic, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. I wonder if Holly's closer to Fern than she is to Dan, her husband. I'm very open with him, she says, but there are certain things that Fern will give me ten hours for and my husband will give me five minutes for. Anyway, I secretly say to Fern, is Holly a princess, I say? Inside, we're made of the same stuff, she says. We've just got different wrapping paper. Oh, I love that. Wasn't that prophetic, though? Will I still be on the sofa? You shouldn't worry when it's going to end. I bet she's worrying now. And she's made of steel. Yeah. She's made of steel in a frothy dress. Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. So there's a really, I had a really, really funny tweet in earlier in the week. Liz, I've just listened to your podcast. I don't think you heard Nick's reply to your question. Have you heard of Monty Python? Because you would never let it go uncommented on. She said, I've heard of him, but... Very kind of you to tweet and point it out. I've heard of him. See, if I wasn't deaf, I'd pick up on many more malapropisms, zums, Well, I didn't know that I'd I'd escaped being, like, annihilated. You thought Monty Python was a person? I did, yeah. But I'd heard of Monty Python, I just assumed it was a person. How could you not have ever seen The Life of Brian? I'm presuming it's not a person. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, you say a lot of things are masterpieces. Do you want to know what Diane said? Let's change the subject swiftly before I'm further annihilated. She says, I'm so very sorry that you have reached the age of 65. I'm not 65. (laughs) Don't believe Wikipedia. Oh, well done, Diane. That made my day. Without achieving happiness or contentment, you do have choices. I don't, Diane. I don't. I don't. At the age of 52, I escaped an abusive marriage, moved to another country, not knowing a soul and started a new life. And I pray you can change your attitude towards life and achieve deep serenity because it is bliss. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.